Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host this evening, Will Pinter, and I'm joined tonight by our very own Tim King. Hello there. And Darren Granger. Hello there, everybody. Um, so tonight's, uh, or today's episode, uh, we are going to talk about uh, Space Jam uh, from the weekend. But before we do that, uh, let's catch up with Darren and Tim and see what you've been getting up to. Darren, uh, what, what have you been up to lately, mate, uh, X-Wing-wise? X-Wing-wise, honestly, not much outside of uh, the Space Jam at the weekend. I've not actually played in several weeks. I've been busy with work. And to be honest, I just don't have the energy for it in terms of online's lacking for me in terms of what I enjoy from the game. For me, the game is about going to events, seeing my friends, chatting rubbish with them, um, and having a couple of beers. Um, It's more the social aspect than the actual game. As much as I love the game and as competitive as I am with it and I enjoy it, and I do enjoy it online. It's just not got the same hook for me because um, at an event or something like that, I'm pretty much there for that one thing. Whereas at home, if I'm playing online, I'm playing on my computer, I've got like a million other things to do in my house that I could be doing that isn't sat in front of a laptop playing X-Wing, which I spend most of my day working from home sat in front of a laptop. So for me... I've not really actually done that much X-Wing. Um, I've just been doing loads of other stuff, to be honest. Okay, so Space Jam then. Um, on a positive note, what were you doing at Space Jam? <laughs> so Space Jam, uh, as this is obviously an X-Wing podcast, so people don't want to know about my pretentious food or uh, Pornhub habits, um, obviously I was uh, commentating for the weekend. Uh, well, I say obviously, for those that didn't see it, it's not obvious. But yeah, I was commentating with Dion from Gold Squadron. So it's his event that he's put on. Uh, he's put on one before now, which was the Chicago. Uh, and Farmer um, attempted to uh, commentate on that, um, but obviously didn't do a good enough job because Dion was like, Darren, you're my number one slot for uh, for Europe. And I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Um so yeah, he's trying to rotate around his uh, his hosts. I'm trying to get him to get Asa Graf to uh, commentate on the next one that's in LA, uh, and I hope he can because I miss Asa's voice. He he he's definitely a voice for radio. He's not a pretty boy, but uh, he uh, yeah, it, there's just something soothing about hearing him talk. I, I miss back to dials, um, cool. but yeah. So uh, I spent the weekend basically sat in front of my laptop. Um, making fun of the Americans and uh, commentating on some uh, electronic X-Wing. Cool. Um, interesting you say X-Wings for the social aspect and your friends. Uh, I'm surprised after them comments that you've got any. But, uh, so, uh, <laughs> Tim, what, what, what have you been up to? Mate, obviously I know you've been busy playing and, and doing different things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've not been playing an awful lot, short of, um, obviously, the weekend. I think, you know, that was like the, 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 sort of the most games I've played in an entire week, and I, I played those all in one day. Um, so I was fairly busy with work, obviously, when everything was kicking off with, with COVID. Um, but that started to sort of quieten down a little bit. And actually, I found uh, joining, like, the Sift Takers, like, sort of casual league we were running in the evening and doing the Sift Taker Cup was, like, a nice break from work. Um, so I've, I've played, like, one game a week, maybe two. Uh, not not an awful lot. 
Um, but I did watch the first uh, Space Jam event being streamed, and when Dion announced that he was going to do a European one, I thought, well, um, I quite fancy playing in it. And as it turned out, that weekend I'd already had um, the Friday off work uh, booked, which was meant to be for running a 40k event, which obviously isn't happening at the moment. So I kept the Friday off work and decided that I'd just uh, spend all day in my pants playing X-Wing uh, on the laptop. So, uh, yeah, it was a yeah, really good day. Um, got to play lots of different people. Uh, a few Australians. Uh, played at least one American who decided have, he needed to have a power nap before our game, which was fine. Because uh, I, I think he was up at like 3am or something like that, um, Colorado time. Um, and then I played Martin from... from the Sift Takers, which was uh, an interesting round two game. I don't think he much enjoyed it, but um, yeah, it was uh, no, it was you know it was a good event. Uh, it was you know well run. Uh, Dion kept it like quite strict with timings, and yeah, just kept kept us on point. Um, and actually, I, I feel like quite good about X Wing after that. But um, I, I think I still need to focus on what list I want to sort of fly next, really. Interesting. You say it's a European one. What part of uh, Europe is Australia and Colorado? Yeah, well, that was it. It was the European time zone. Uh, it was meant to be like first dibs for the Europeans. And at the end of the day, though, it was a 146 player event. Um, so, you know, bums on seats. Yes, the Europeans got first dibs. Um, but, you know, I'm sure some of you know the seats were filled up with those outside of Europe but I mean if you look at the um the cut there's a fair few Europeans that made the cut um you know obviously some of the Poles some of the Scandinavians uh obviously you got Timo um well the final was European wasn't it yeah, yeah the final was uh Germany England <laughs> yeah it was uh UK system opener versus uh, that, that, that age champion. old rivalry <laughs> yeah um, yeah, yeah, I mean, pipe down. <laughs> yeah, at times like this, I don't, you don't want to be friends. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it seemed like a good event. Um, obviously, we've got, like you said, we've got the Sith Taker Cup going on. Um, but, I mean, let's talk about the event itself. Um, obviously, you, what, you say 160 players there, Tim, yeah? Uh, no, 146. You know, yeah. Yeah, 146 players in the end. So, still a big tournament, uh, especially online. Um, I don't know the record for the biggest online tournament um, for X-Wing. It's got to be pushing it. I don't think there's many that are probably bigger that are all on the same day. Um, So, you've got, obviously, uh, there's uh, loads of events with, like, Vassal and things like that, but they're being done over rounds over a number of weeks. This is kind of simultaneous playing of X-Wing um, and it, it it was really pushing uh, TTO to its uh, pretty much limits. Um, there, it was uh, running pretty slowly for uh, a few times. I mean, fair play for Dion to put it on. Uh, I mean, how did you how did you find the event uh, itself, Tim? How, how did you find playing in it? Uh, no, I thought it was, it was pretty easy. I mean, there was a couple of games where Discord sort of let me down a little bit, so. Um, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I didn't even bother suggesting Discord uh, for, like, you know, recording the podcast this evening. I think, you know, Skype for me seems to be a better, uh, more stable audio. Um, Discord can cut out a bit, and some people seem to have issues with certain types of Discord. So, the um, I think I played Steve from the Vagabond, who couldn't do the he couldn't do the voice chat in the 
Space Jam table, but could do a direct call. Because um, I think he was perhaps um, he didn't have a mic for his computer, so he was like on his mobile or something. Um, it was just you know di- di- a bit more complicated, you know, certainly than playing someone face to face, but seemed to work smooth enough. Um, don't think we had any real issues with um, uh, tabletop simulator at all. Uh, a couple of times it did was a little bit slow, but he just gave it a few seconds and. You know, obviously it just caught up with itself. But, yeah, you know, considering it was 140-odd players, plus you had, um, you know, uh, Tabletop TO for the uh, event software as well, and that was, um, you know, struggling a little bit towards the end of the day with probably everybody trying to, like, refresh the standings and see where they were. Um, But, yeah, it was... um, No, I think it all went pretty smoothly. And from, obviously, Darren, from your point of view, completely different point of view, um, uh, how were you picking the games? What, you know, uh, what was going on behind the scenes like? So, behind the scenes, it was... Like a duck on the water. (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, And for those that saw the kind of the setup at Worlds, uh, where Dion had, um, like, the six commentators... Uh, three different computers and then a, uh, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Producer. That's what I'm looking for. Producer. Um, had a producer behind the scenes. So we had um, Nick Sperry, who uh, does a lot of the editing for Dion, um, working behind the scenes. Basically, he was controlling the overlay. Um, yeah. And then there's a couple of judges that were um, just sat at a judge table. So they were obviously at home doing their own things but uh in that um i can't remember the guy's name uh michael something or other but he's like the the head judge for the us um oh, and cool. some and some guy like d young or something like that i don't i've never heard of him um but just seemed to wind, like wind a lot dice. <laughs> wind a lot about dice variants and uh it was just singing the praise of farmer for some bizarre reason um but yeah, so uh, obviously they were sat on the uh, the judge table, so people could drop in and ask questions there. So there there is an awful lot that goes into it behind the scenes, um, like between rounds, um, to do with kind of just the uh, just the production of it. Uh, the only technical issue that we kind of had was the uh, the dice box. Uh, it kept glitching out, and the dice were being deleted. Which right. obviously not what not what you want, but um, the setup there is uh, like you, like um, you get in the uh, usual ones that are done by Gold Squadron, whereby he's got a separate dice box and a separate camera that appears in the overlay, just so you can see it better. Yeah, uh, which okay. obviously we all appreciate, but uh, sometimes it's a little bit tricky. It was also tricky uh, from a point of view of when we were doing the commentary before at Worlds, um, we could hear the actual table, and so we knew what the players were saying and things like that. Whereas in this, they're on an entirely different voice channel, which for obvious reasons we can't um, we can't be in that voice channel and do the commentary at the same time. So there was a lot of kind of are they doing this? Are they doing that? Um, and just the way it was kind of set up. So I was having to watch it on a shared screen from from Dion, so I couldn't see the Twitch chat either. So a lot of differences from doing it at a live event uh but i thought it was still pretty uh darn close to what you would uh, normally get as a viewer cool nice one so um tim obviously playing in it um we're before we get into the top 16 um the general lists is it online is it pretty much what we're seeing in uh, on the tabletop before lockdown or is it different what, what what's the score with the like the general meta 
Uh, it's a bit strange. I think it's uh, a bit more... I think there's a bit more variation there. Um, certainly what I found from some of the, the sort of the, the smaller leagues and, and cups we're playing in, I think people are being a bit more experimental with lists because you can literally spawn anything in. So you're not having to like run around and like borrow models or borrow cards. So you literally can fly whatever you like. I mean, I know I've been using um, some of the games just to play weird and wonderful stuff. Um, however, I, I felt going into the event that I'd probably see less swarms, which is why I did tinker my list slightly to uh, potentially fight aces more uh, with the passive sensors as opposed to fire control systems. Um, and I think that's just because uh, certainly setting up swarms is a bit tricky on uh, Tabletop Simulator. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got to expect to see fire sprays, um, you know, as as you know well that's it so i i I felt that low model count would probably factor um but there were a few sort of swarmy lists um i think the most i faced against was five so i played a few five ship lists but i didn't really play anything more than that cool so you played swarm (laughs) no i mean i I had five ships myself i wouldn't really class five as a swarm um swarms are sort of six seven eight six and above yeah, yeah, well, that's it, is isn't it? I mean, like, because five, five, you can still have, you know, five fairly beefy ships or, you know, f- fairly tanky ships. Whereas swarm tends to be sort of slightly smaller, or weaker ships, but obviously lots of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's essentially droid swarm. I mean, I didn't see any droid swarm during the event, um, and I think one made cut. Um, yeah, there there were only a couple, and um, Tim, you you've echoed exactly what I said um, on air was that one of the big downfalls that TTS has at the moment, uh, and it's like let's be honest, it, it's a really really good system, and it's I'm I'm just like uh, nitpicking here, it, but it's that uh, on the tabletop, it's easy to stick a maneuver template between your ships, and then you know you've got your swarm set up in a perfect formation so that you can do your turns and your banks and you're not going to bump. On TTS at the moment, there is no way of having a, a setup um, that allows you to do that that's quick and easy. It's, you, you could do it using the tools that are there. It'd be quite clunky, and you're still not going to get that, that precision that you need uh, for a formation flying. So we didn't see things like the uh, the Focho, the 8 uh, tie um, uh, First Orders, and we didn't see. I think there were a couple of droid swarms, um, or kind of that six-seven droid list, but not many. And I think there was only one in the uh, the top cut. Cool. So um, on to the top sixteen. Um, Tim, congratulations, mate. Um, you're like coming in in exactly sixteen spot, so making the cut. Well done. Um, yeah, good cheers, one from thanks. you, mate. Yeah, no, um, it, was, it, was, it was a good day. I mean, um, funnily enough, my first round opponent, uh, I felt a little bit unlucky to lose the game, uh, but that was uh, Brendan, uh, who finished in the top eight. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Brendan Morrissey. So he had uh, Rose Tico with Crackshot, Finn Heroic, Perceptive Co-Pilot, and three Red Squadrons with a Heroic. And in the, the penultimate combat, uh, he had, like just done like a t- uh, a K turn or talon with one of his red squadron experts on two hull. I-, I lined up the perfect kill shot, target lock focus on one of my advances, and then he just basically just blew blew my advance away before I could shoot, and I had a shield on it, 
and I was just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but you know, I you know, and I, I didn't let my head drop at that point. I thought, well, I'll keep playing and just do the submarine, and yeah, managed to win the next five games, and uh, we've just enough MOV to make the cut. I'm just having a quick look now. Oh no, it was bang on. Um, yeah, bang, bang on. It was bang, bang on. on. Yeah. Um, I mean, fair play. After that first game, did you think? Did you start? Did you honestly think like, oh, is this how my day is going to go? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, look, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a long old day, and when you think, oh, I've lost my first round, and it's like, I mean, I'd hoped to go five one, but realistically, I was aiming for four uh, two at that yeah. point. So it was just a case to just just keep plugging away at it. Um, I got a fortunate few round draws where you know i played martin's uh venny list uh which doesn't like the tie advanced uh, you played martin that's easy points anyway well yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean well it, 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 it wasn't that easy but when i flip like double direct hit in one volley um with with a tie advance you know it was going my way um, the guy's more than one sandwich short of a picnic come on let's be honest <laughs> I played a, a couple of lists where it's almost like my opponents at the end of the game went, oh, I didn't expect the tie advance to do that. Uh, and that always makes me sort of smile a little bit on the inside because um, I had um, a scum player decide he wanted to joust me and he had the, the three, um, what was it, the Talonbane Cobras, the, um, was it Marauder Cartel? The, the Kirax. Yeah, yeah, the Kirax. Yeah, yeah, three, yeah. Th- th- yeah, three of those, Seavor and Torkoal, and decided yeah. he wanted to joust me. Um, so he didn't kill an advance in the first turn. I killed one of his Kiraxes in the first turn, and then Seabor went down next turn. And yeah, it was dominoes at that point. So it's like, you know, my list does like to joust, and yeah, I'll quite happily line up against people that want to joust. Definitely. I mean, you had a really close call in one of your games. <laughs> what was it? One four six to one four five. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, at least a point or two in it. I think that was like round four, round five. Uh, I can probably yeah. probably bring it up now. So I beat uh, Dutch Cuthbert. Um, and that was the American that had the power nap. So I beat him one four three to one four two. Yeah. So uh, I think that might have actually. Um, I can't remember if that was the. Uh, I think that might be the talk or swarm because actually the a couple of Kiraxes did bring it back quite a bit, but um, you know once I'd taken Torkoal and Seaver off the board, you know that was a lot of the modifications gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean all my games are pretty close. I mean there's an 88 to 79, uh, a 59 to 44. I mean that was that was my top 16 that I lost. Uh, yeah, so it's all it, all pretty close games. So, obviously, you just gave it away there. Um, so, you did get to top 16. Got knocked out in your top 16 game. Um, obviously, when, when you're down to that 146-man event, uh, top 16, you've still got to be happy with that, right? Oh, no, definitely. I mean, this is like my first cut at sort of a major event, really. I mean, I've made cut at a couple of regionals, I think, um, but nothing outside of, of that. Um, so, to make it here. And plus, also, I've not been practising an awful lot on uh, Tabletop Simulator, so I was quite happy how it went. Um, and, yeah, obviously I got drawn against uh, the, the, the leader of Swiss um, after day one, uh, which was Kuba with his uh, his Bobba and uh, Imon uh, list, which was... I mean, he, he outflew me. 
there's a couple of moves he does and I'm looking forward to watching the YouTube back so I can sort of listen to the commentary and sort of reflect on a few things but there's a couple of moves he did with the fire spray that I just did not expect um, uh, and I was unfortunate in a way but you know I, I did play to snatch it at the end and, and uh, unfortunately the dice gods just uh, d- couldn't produce that little bit more luck but now I think you know it's, it's a fair result and I'm quite happy uh, I would have liked to have gone top eight just for the templates, uh, but you know, I'm I'm quite happy with that. Quite happy. Yeah, I mean, commentating on that game was great, and and I kind of made it clear. I was like, look, Tim's a squad mate. Uh, um, like, I, I know the list. I, I know what it can do. But then he's also this is what he's got to watch out for. Uh, and you and you're right. There were a couple of key things. Uh, but what I also kind of said at the time was that um, a lot of them were kind of coin flips or um, games of chicken where there was a turn where you barrel rolled and actually it was the wrong call and then there was a turn where you didn't barrel roll and that was the wrong call and it was that it, it could have gone either way and it was just if you reverse those moves it's a totally different game and there was bits where Boba Fett just managed to fit without having to change his dial he just managed to fit in the right place could then boost out of arc and, and it must have been so frustrating from a point of view of trying to chase I mean, Boba Fett's one of the most difficult ships to pin down at the moment anyway in in the meta with that Slave 1 title and that, that high initiative. Uh, very, very difficult to block. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good game to watch. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. There's there's one crucial move that I'm sort of in my head where I was considering a barrel roll with Red, uh, with Zyrtec, to, to block uh, Emon or not. And I couldn't decide if he was going straight. And then he literally just did the tightest hard turn around that rock. And I was just like, I just didn't see that coming. And obviously then just boosted away. And I mean, I think I sort of, after a few of those sort of close turns, I basically changed my game plan completely in my head. And that's why I stopped taking any target locks or anything like that. And I'm just focusing, 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 and just focus barrel rolls, just turtling as much as I can. Um, just hoping that that opportunity like presents itself. And it did just in the last few turns. I basically gambled that I could pin uh, Emon down and try and get half points and uh i mean i'd sort of worked it out roughly that i think if i got half points i win the game um and yeah it was just uh, uh yeah you know it's it's a game of dice at the end of the day i i mean i can't really grumble that that last that sort of roll with the green dice uh cost me the game because i think there was several times in that game where i rolled natties uh on evade anyway uh which saved me taking damage earlier in the game so it all oh. you know, yeah, yeah, not only that, but there was also I think there was a the the prox mine that dropped on you and took no damage from other than the one. Oh yeah, it was a, <laughs> like like, like green, green was pretty much on his last legs. Like he survived much longer than he should have. But yeah, it was really disheartening. Um, one of the bits I was talking about was uh, people uh, not necessarily paying enough attention to the last term of the game because you can put yourself into positions where lesser players don't necessarily expect you to be because normally you you're in the flow of the game you think well you'd never be right at the board edge there and you did exactly the right thing by putting green as far away as possible into the corner pointing towards the board edge which if the game was going to continue he'd have been absolutely stuffed but actually it meant that boba fett had to boost to get his arc so he he limited his uh, modifications yeah that's it i thought yeah if i made him if i made him use the boost for positional then he's not taking the target lock and it all just comes down to what he rolls out out of hand. Uh, but then with uh, you know with Emon as well, we, I think with Zertek, I did the the straight as opposed to a bank moved, and then barrel rolled 
further round just so that I could keep my arcs as wide as possible. And you could hit, I could hear that from sort of Kuba's voice after he moved Emon. He was like, well, there's no point doing anything because he was hoping to boost out of arc or something. And he was like, I'm yeah, just going yeah. to have to focus here and hope. Um, you know, and, and even then, like that uh, proximity and uh, proton bomb went off that turn as well. And that, and I obviously had to hope that, that Pink didn't flip a direct hit. You know, and that's yeah. that's always the way. You know, if Pink flips a direct hit, I lose the game anyway. Um, yeah, there are there are a couple of things that last turn that were all kind of still could have swung the game either way. And I think you did get half points on Emon in the end. Yeah, but yeah. By losing, but by losing green, it, it it flipped the points again. Oh no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. Everything I did that game at the end of that game to put myself in a winning position came off. But then obviously Bobber was just able to to take half points, which. You know, literally one more picture on two of those green dice, and I and I survived. But as I say, I you know, I'm not going to blame that one roll because I got some good rolls earlier in the game that obviously soaked up damage. Um, but no, he, he flew that really well, and I mean that was it. He had basically he had perfect uh, knowledge because he was moving after my ships. So with his boosts and the rear arc. He could just sort of dance around me, which is why I then had to change my, my game plan and just focus and turtle. Because I mean, the focus is still good on on a fe- offense for me. I'm only rolling two dice, uh, but they're only rolling two green dice, so that's where I was able to just chip a little bit of damage through on Emon and and then just put myself in a position to actually try and land a, a, a sort of a decent blow. But no, it was it was a good event. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, I would have liked to progress further, but I'm quite happy with top sixteen. Cool. Um, so, obviously, looking at the lists um, that were also in the top sixteen, um, is there anything apart from the the blindingly obvious to us uh, right now that jumps out at anybody um, without giving the game away too much? <laughs> I mean, from my point of view, it's what we were kind of saying earlier: the the distinct lack of droid swarm. So Droid Swarm for a while has been ruling the roost at, at, at events. Now, I think there was one in the top 16, uh, Usas, um, who had base. It was kind of Droid Swarm, kind of not. Uh, a few uh, vultures with grappling struts, a couple with discord missiles, uh, a hyena with uh, plasma torps, and uh, General Grievous. But normally at events, you, we're seeing a lot, lot more of them. Now, I don't know whether that's because... Uh, more recently we've seen American tournaments with a lot more of them in um, or not I say recently let's be honest there's been really nothing for the last two three months um, so for me that's probably the big standout surprise there that there was less droid swarms but that's probably down to what we were saying earlier about how clunky they can be on uh, on uh, TTO uh, TTS even yeah yeah yeah. Um, it, it is what we're seeing I mean I, I'm not seeing anything Blindingly obvious. We're seeing a fair amount of bobber, um, you know, which we, we have come to expect recently, um, I think. Um, you know, um, five A-wings um, from Bartosh. Um, there's a shock. Um, well, it's Bartosh. He only knows how to fly one thing. <laughs> Let's be honest. The guy's got you know. two brain cells. Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, um, I mean, we've got Rose Tico in there. With Finn and three Red Squadron experts, that's something a bit different. Um, we don't see that in the top sixteen very often. You know that made it to top eight. Um, what, what do we think about that list? Is it just does it just grind out the results? 
it's it's quite where's, efficient. Where's the opponent so, down? So I saw it play uh, two games. One where it beat um, Oli um, in the uh, in Swiss. So Rose yeah. managed to pull a kind of clutch assassination on Vader in the uh, final turn, and then uh, saw him again in cut where he, uh, he he lost his game. But it's it's just got a lot of efficiency built into it. So Finn is dirt cheap, um, but has. Uh, not the rerolls, but he's got the uh, can add the focus in. He's got perceptive co-pilot, so he's defensive and offensive. And if you kill him, he's worth thirty-eight points. Uh, Rose has got the natural rerolls built in uh, from having friendly ships, and then you've got three other ships which are um, the chunky X-wings, their initiative three, and they've got heroic. So they've got rerolls on their green dice if they blank out. They've got rerolls on their red dice if they blank out uh, occasionally. But not only that, they're also initiative three. So being able to go before generics like Droid Swarm and things like that is is really really good for them, and it's it's a lot of uh, hull and shield to kind of chew through as well. Yeah, um, I mean, um, I'm just trying to f- scroll through it. Um, I, I, I literally really because of the way the lists are, you know, um, you know, I really want to jump to the final um, in, in reality. <laughs> So, um, because it, I, I'll be honest, it, it, it was getting me excited when I seen it come up. Um, it was it, it was definitely getting me, you know, it, it really piqued my interest. And then when it when it made top sixteen, I mean, we've come to know Timo um, is good at coming up with like these lists and making things work that generally people don't think will work. So um, obviously, the final was Boba Fett. Um, with Fearless, Jamming Beam, Maul, Proton Bombs, Contraband Cybernetics, Hull Upgrade and Slave One. Um, and then Dengar, Marksmanship, Proton Torpedoes, Auto Blasters, L337, great upgrade. Han Solo, another great upgrade and Contraband Cybernetics. I think they complement the ship perfectly. Uh, Tim, obviously you're a big Dengar fan from back in the day. Um, what do you think of this build? Yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's quite interesting. I, I, I've been playing a little bit with Jump Masters, uh, so I've run Double IG and uh, Tell. Um, so yeah, I'd be quite interested to to give Dengar a little bit of a play, um, and certainly actually watch back some of the games once uh, Gold Squadron gets it uploaded to YouTube, because that was often one of the downsides of actually uh, playing in the event is I don't actually get to see. Uh, the, the ship being used, but um, certainly watching the final, um, some of the moves uh, Timo made with uh, Denga were just great. Just basically just bullying the uh, the Imperial Aces. Um, so yeah, I think it's you know it's an interesting loadout as well. Not taking the punishing one and you know taking the torps and you know the cannon and stuff like that. So I think it's good. Yeah, I mean let, let's be honest. Like you said, that Denga bullying uh, the Aces. Um, I mean, not just any person's aces. We're, we're actually talking Ollie Potnell, the world champion's aces, um, in the final. Um, you know, it, it, it shows that it clearly can be done. All the, everyone's going, oh, no, the, the jump master's still dead and buried. It clearly isn't, unless you take four. But, um, yeah, it clearly isn't. <laughs> you can still take it on its own. Um, you know, uh, what what was it like commentating for that match? What what did you What were the points you picked up from it? Um, so one of the one of the key things about it was um, they both got the same one point bid, and it came down to initiative, which Timo won, and made Ollie first player. So 
um I, i'm not I obviously couldn't hear the conversation there but there's there's a lot to consider there with being first player uh versus second player because if whisper gets to shoot first great she gets second evade but boba fett can like moving second gets to react to wherever the inquisitor and whisper is so i, I think it, it benefited timo more moving second um, and just looking at it, because um, before that, there was um, another list which uh, a guy called Eno was using that also had Dengar and Boba Fett. Uh, he had a six-point bid and a very, very different loadout. I much, much prefer Timo's loadout for the double-modified proton torpedoes. So Eno had Han Solo, but didn't have, um, I, it didn't have the, uh, the torpedoes in there. He'd no, gone he had for, to and punishing one. He also didn't have L337 to keep it alive. No. That so he'd, well. he'd put more points into Boba Fett and his bid, whereas uh, Timo had kind of kept his uh, Boba Fett relatively light compared to uh, uh, to Eno's, but uh, put the points into uh, Dengar. So there's a couple of key things that play well together in that list. One is marksmanship with the auto blaster. Imperial Aces hate to see that. Because of the contraband cybernetics, you can do the sloop um, and still get your target lock action. If you're out of their arc and they're in their bullseye, they can't cancel any any crits. Auto blaster at range one gets four dice if you're in its bullseye as well. And Han Solo uh, lets you take the focus at the start of the engagement phase, so you're still getting those double modded shots, which is really, really key um, in a number of parts of the game, um, just exactly what you can do with... Uh, well, it's, it's like gunboats of old. You you move in, you get yeah. your target lock. And that was the thing with with um, Timo moving second. He could move forwards and would know if he got his target lock or not. There are a couple of key uh, interactions with, obviously, Vader having passive sensors. So the first engagement, um, Vader was able to barrel roll away because he activates first, takes the target lock, barrel rolls away. That's fine, not a problem. Uh, but then next turn we were commentating about the the rock was just putting it in an awkward position for for where he was and uh not to bat rep too much but he just did a four straight over the rock didn't really care um take the damage but uh, because he'd got the lock from the previous round it meant that all he needs to do was hand solo for the uh the focus when he engages and uh and he's good he's still got a double modded shot um, yeah, I, I really like the interaction with Han Solo. Uh, like I said, L337 I think is an excellent upgrade on it. Um, I, I think it's an excellent upgrade on any ship. Um, yeah. And obviously I used it to good effect at the beginning of 2.0. Um, and yeah, it's good to see it on here. Um, I mean, the other good thing with L337 on the uh, Jumpmaster is it then all of a sudden, as soon as that's flipped and you've lost your shields, it gives you the ability to turn right and clear stress. So you're not hard yep. turning, but you're able to bank one, two, or three to the uh, to the right and have that clear any stress. So it not it's probably the, the best ship for it to be on in terms of uh, defensive side and then flipping to its um, easier blue manoeuvres. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I definitely think that that's the case. Um, obviously, Ollie, we, we've seen Ollie's list before. Um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, um, if you uh, haven't um, or you, you haven't seen it before and you're unaware of this list, Grand Inquisitor, Darth Vader with passive sensors and afterburners, and then Whisper, passive sensor, fifth brother. Um, obviously, won won the world championships with it, so he's very efficient with it. So. Um, do you think 
do, do, do you think, Tim, that um, maybe Timo built that with the, the right points with that in mind? Do you, do you think he was aiming for Ollie with that? <laughs> um, I don't know, but I mean, certainly that, that sort of price point, um, I mean, what what do, do how, what sort of bid did Timo have against the other Bobber builds? Did he have the bid against so, them? No, so against the other Bobber builds, the other Bobber builds largely outbid him. Okay. Um, so the other ones in the, the everyone seemed to have more than a one point bid. I mean, the, the, so I mean, obviously with the other builds, um, because he's got Dengar, he's moving afterwards anyway. So. Um, I think I think he was using Dengar as more of the threat, possibly. Um, um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I I didn't manage to I didn't manage to see the games um, myself, unfortunately, and um, that's why I'm like, obviously hosting, and you, you're the one who are talking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and like I say, it, it, it's getting me really excited to try that build. Um, I've, I've been throwing Dengar lists and trying to put Dengar lists together and not really found anything that I like um, till I've seen Timo's lists. And I generally always like Timo's lists because he does come up with some funky stuff. Um, but I mean, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I mean, that, I think that is the good thing about Tabletop Simulator and, and, then, and possibly, you know, why I might still use it once we get back to playing face-to-face is because you can literally just fire it up for an hour, chuck some stuff on the board play somebody and then get a feel for a list and you know you might try that dengo and it just not doesn't work for you um but then you know i mean i, I appreciate a lot of us have got a lot of the ships and you know club nights you know we'll, we'll you know proxy the odd cards we're not missing but i think tabletop simulator does give you an awful lot of flexibility on that and then you can actually decide if you like that list or you know perhaps you know don't like the play style and, and try something different yeah, it's, it's a it's a very very good tool just for um, because you can generate as many squads as you want and you can just pile them up on the table next to you um, and just literally cycle through. If you've got someone that wants to play for a couple of hours, uh, I know I've done this uh, a few weeks ago. Just a few lists that I want to try out, bung them all into the uh, generator, put them on the table next, and just cycled them around and played against uh, Boba Fenn or Ko- uh, Boba Koshka or a Droid Swarm, um, and just cycled it around just to kind of see how the interactions work or just put something on the table that um, I wouldn't necessarily, largely because I'm quite lazy, so I don't want to get that many cards out of my um, case um, and then put them all back in again and stuff. So, yeah. Happy days. Um, Well, all the lists uh, that you uh, heard us talk about, uh, all the top 16, everything is now in List Fortress um, on GSP Space Jam hashtag 2. Um, in uh, the location is down as Rome, so if you want to see all the lists that were played, uh, the top sixteen list and everything else, um, you can see them there. Um, I believe uh, have you spoke to Dion Darren? Obviously, do you know when he's putting them on? Or um, so I, th- I think they'll be with Nick at the moment for editing. So they're, they're usually pretty quick with how quick they'll get them up, uh, and it, it, I think it will probably start with the final going up first. Um, and then kind of some of the uh, later cut rounds, and then onto the um, the Swiss. I'm not sure what order he's going to do it in, but um, they're usually on over a period of time over the next couple of weeks, basically. Cool. So, um, that, I mean, that's great. Uh, do you want to add anything more, guys? Is there anything else? Obviously, I'm going to say thank yous and stuff. But... 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just obviously a big sh- uh, shout out to uh, obviously Dion and everybody involved in the event. Um, obviously Darren as well. You know, it does take a lot of uh, commitment. I know from like running events and uh, sort of giving up your time to actually put stuff on for other people and you know the judges in the background and you know, everybody else that helped do it. But you know, my opponents were all great as well. Uh, even with some of the technical difficulties we had, you know, losing audio at times, I think everyone was like super friendly, super chilled, and just just enjoyed you know the day's gaming. Um, so yeah, big thank you to sort of everybody really. Uh, I know it sounds cheesy, but I did enjoy the day, really did, and actually uh, you know almost consider you know trying to sign up to another Space Jam, but then with the time differences, I think I'll I'll probably give these a miss and spectate instead. <laughs> Yeah, the next two are hideous. One's in Australia, one's in uh, LA. Uh, you Oof. don't want either of those. Yeah, it's just, the next one is in LA, and it's in, I think it's the end of May. Eight yeah, hours May, behind LA, yeah. Yeah, May 30th. Or if you're farmer, you're like 12 years behind. Yeah, well, yeah mentally so anyway. That, so what's that? A four, yeah, 4am four, 4 finish, isn't it? So I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, give, I'll give that a miss. <laughs> so, um, Darren, anything from you? No, uh, other than kind of, it was, uh, I say no, and then I'm just going to monologue anyway. I don't care. Um, like, I, I really enjoyed it. It's one of those, I, I forgot, after there's been enough time since Worlds that I'd forgotten how much it takes it out of you just sitting and focusing on a game um, for so many hours in a row. I mean, this was six games on uh, the Saturday and then four on the Sunday. But it's still like I think it was about twelve hours worth of just sitting and commentating, doing stuff behind the scenes, uh, and things like that. So it, it like it amazes me how Dion has that amount of energy, doesn't swear, and isn't a surly guy. Like I I, I struggle. Um, like I, I'm always sarcastic, but um, yeah, geez. really. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, ask the Americans about the uh, school shooter jokes that I made. Um, they loved it, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, really, really good show. Um, really good time. Really enjoyed it. So just a thanks to Dion for inviting me on for him organizing it and stuff. And then all the people that were behind the scenes and all the players as well. Cause I don't think there are like, it's really, really difficult for me. I don't know how many judge calls there were or anything like that, but I think everyone had a good time. Uh, lots of people were active in chat and stuff like that. And it was just, uh, and thanks also to the guys that keep updating TTO, uh, TTO, TTS. Like they keep updating TTS and they keep doing uh, more additions to it with that X-wing module to make things easier. They've added like the colored bases and, and the dials and things like that. Great, great system. I would advocate anybody go out there and uh, and download it and play it. Um, yeah, and and just thanks to uh, to me really for uh, for commentating. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Thanks to me. <laughs> So, um, th- <laughs> right, so that, that's going to be all from us, um, pretty much. Um, if you do want to watch some more games, uh, obviously Gold Squadron is doing Space Jam. Um, have a look on the Gold Squadron podcast web, uh, Facebook page. Um, he, he's got them all there. Um, also, we at the Sift Takers are still running our Sift Taker Cup. Um, we stream the games every Tuesday night um, at 7pm and 9pm UK time. Um, I'm commentating on that, as is my fellow Ben Hibbert and whoever else we get on that we can grab. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, how, much, uh, good, but... how, how much gin are you drinking when you commentate, Will? 
I, I don't drink and I don't drink while I'm commentating. Do you not? Uh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, only once, only once. See, this is why I never drink at tournaments because I'll just like, abuse everybody. I think um, I think I, I should be able to get this edited. So we're recording Monday night. I should be able to get this all edited to go out in the morning. So if you tune in at nine pm tonight, which will obviously Tuesday, I, I believe it's Bartos versus uh, Chris Burnett from the Tin Squadron. Yeah. Um, that should be they really, really, really good game. Both, both undefeated uh, at the moment. So Bartos versus uh, Burnett. I know who I'm cheering on. Um, <laughs> it's not Bartos. <laughs> <laughs> it's not five A wings. Um, so no, that, that will yeah. be a really, really. No, good I've got nothing game. against Bartos. I'm just like I think he, I think he should change his list every now and again. But yeah, you <laughs> can't. So, but no, nah, I'm going. I'm really looking forward to uh, commentating on that tomorrow night, and um, yeah, it should be a really good game. Um, so, like I said, both both the I think they are the only two undefeated players at the minute. So, um, yeah, oh, wow. it should That's, be really good. Uh, yeah, one of the things I had noticed as well is that um, one of the uh, Sith Taker Cup games was on um, Hexard Gaming. It certainly uh, was, yes. Yeah, so uh, I noticed that as well. So I was like, oh, that's quite interesting that we've uh, we've made it there. Yeah, I think one of the players um, that was in it um, is part of them, or he's friends with them, and so they they streamed his game. Um, ah, cool. Which, yeah, he was playing against Jason, I think. Yeah, yeah, it gets us out there, man. You know, uh, anything good. So, but yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. Um, it'd be goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Goodbye from Darren. Bye for now. And goodbye from me. Until the next time on the Sit Taker Snapshots podcast. Ta-da. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right.